as a community mutual working in the heart of the community we are demonstrating to everybody in the community look we can we can do this we can reduce our carbon footprint we can generate green green energy and so can you you know if if you really want to do small things mm. just like you know switching the kettle off before it boils or unplugging the television um you know um, walking rather than taking the car mm. you don't have to put solar panels on the roof to be reducing your carbon footprint and to be reducing your energy consumption so we hope that we are going to try and set an example to people in the community by the projects that we've taken on hey everybody and welcome back to brim a global community at the intersection of climate innovation and justice. And today I have the honor of bringing to you all an interview with Robert Davies, who is a board member with Merthyr Town Football Club. And amongst other things, we'll get into family history from my dad's dad's old hometown in Merthyr Tidpool, Wales, and perfect serendipity that reconnected us back to our roots. Um, a transition from coal to green energy, you know, and how history is inspiring a new green energy movement in Merthyr, and some models for community ownership and support. So Merthyr Town FC's strategy for plugging into the community in more ways than just sport. Thanks so much for being here, and hope you enjoy. And we're recording. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's a pleasure and an honor to be meeting today with Rob um, on the board of Merthyr Town FC and um, a good friend already, which is crazy to think about wow. considering the story of us meeting. Um, but maybe you can give everyone a, an introduction quickly to yourself. And um, I think we should tell the story of how we met yeah, sure. as well. Um. <laughs> You were journey to Kings Langley, although um, you flew across the Atlantic initially, yes. was on the day was really shorter than ours because <laughs> central London to Kings Langley is about 21 miles and mm. probably on the train it's less than half an hour. It was quick, yeah. Our journey is a round trip of 340 miles on, on, a, on the bus and it took us about four hours to, to get there. So. Wow. You know, you, you were closer to where we were playing than, than we were on the weekend. Yeah. And um, we, we, I was chatting to a colleague um, uh, before the game and we saw these two crazy guys in front of us <laughs> who seemed to be supporting Merthyr. Mm -hmm. We asked one another whether we recognised them and the answer was certainly no from both of us. Um, when we scored, everybody turned around and it was high fives all uh -huh. over the place. Yeah. So at half time, I had started up a conversation with Ken mm -hmm. because um, Thomas was was at the bar getting uh, getting the drinks in. I love that. That will be a part of the story forever. Yeah, I was at the bar. Good. And um, we we started chatting. I introduced myself, and Ken introduced himself uh, as visitors from uh, from New York City. Um, explained about the connection with, with family history with Merthyr. Yes. Um, found out that we were playing you know, quite close to, to London mm -hmm. on, on the Saturday. And, and, and there, they, there they were. And the second half, obviously, we were just chatting away uh, regarding general everyday, everyday things, really. Yeah. Um, I asked them whether you were coming to South Wales and you said yes we'll be there on uh, on Sunday and Monday yeah. and I offered to give you a, a tour of the, of the facilities and the grounds and and that's and here we, we are here yeah. we are yeah. yeah and it was um, I think in your words a perfect serendipity which I think as you travel around the world and um, work on different projects moments like that seem to happen and we just happened to be standing right next to each other at the match. And I remember in New York, as we were planning for this trip, we really wanted to come to Merthyr Town and see a game here and see a match here. Um, but no home games for two or three weeks. So Kings Langley was the closest that we closest opportunity we had to London. And that was a really fun 
that. And it just shows how small the world can be, really, mm. because mm -hmm. the, the odds of you travelling yes. across the Atlantic yes. to, to find a game which was quite close to, to, to London, mm -hmm. and Philip and myself actually being where stood where we were yeah. within about three feet of you <laughs> was you know just a phenomenal coincidence fantastic it was and you both have been so welcoming a split second in time really. i know i that, know that just happened to occur and we were so excited i you know i remember going back to our hotel in london that night and writing madly about the experience and how excited I was to, to come to the grounds here. And um, it just so happened that we had a few things in common and um, a few things that were, uh, you know, valuable to talk about today. So, um, you know, I think for, for this conversation, um, you know, I'd love to start out with a little bit about you and your role at the club. Um, and also a little bit about your background and, and where you're from, how you, how you got here, and then we can sort of go from there. Um, well, I'm originally from Merthyr. Mm -hmm. um, I went to Polytechnic in, in London, the South Bank Polytechnic. Great. Um, I'm a career housing professional. Mm -hmm. I qualified um, in, in housing studies and I'm a, I was before I retired a, a member of the Royal Chartered Institute of Housing and I've worked in housing all my professional life basically mm -hmm. uh, I when I came back from Polytechnic I uh, obtained a job with the local authority as a, as a trainee mm -hmm. and uh, worked my way up and further qualifications um, became then eventually director of housing after sort of a number of years learning learning the ropes yes and um, retired probably about eight or nine years ago awesome so i've spent my whole career working in private and public sector housing yeah dealing with um the, the housing issues in the area uh, from housing renewal mm -hmm. to um, housing investment um to wait dealing with homeless cases mm. dealing with um with families that want to sort of move to a larger accommodation you know it's a whole gambit of uh of how housing professional work that, mm -hmm. that we we do from the club's point of view um i came here as a young child probably nine or ten my father brought me to to watch the watch the the, the club play awesome um I became absorbed with the football club, mm -hmm. brought my son to watch the, the club, and I've now bring in my grandsons to watch the club. Awesome. So it's just been a, a, a sort of a family affair mm -hmm. from er, early days. Um, I've seen many ups and downs it, during that period where, yeah. where the club have been at a very high point and at a very low point. Mm -hmm. And I avoided becoming a board member for as long as I possibly could because my enjoyment was coming to the, the mm -hmm. ground, socialising with the fans before the game, yeah. standing on the terraces with the fans where I've always stood to watch the game, socialising after the, the game and then going home. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be involved in any duties during a match day because yeah. that wasn't what I wanted to do um, I have a range of skills in other areas which I'll probably explain a little bit about later sure. but just before Covid hit yeah. we were the club was in a position where we were trying to raise finance to, to fund the replacement of the 3G pitch Mm -hmm. And that's the AstroTurf on the pitch yes, itself. Yes, yes. Through generation, mm -hmm. um, of artificial surface, as yes. it is called now. And being an ex-employee of the local authority, mm -hmm. um, I'd seen a number of failed attempts to write business plans for the football club mm -hmm. that the council had rejected. Mm -hmm. So... I felt I had to step in to, to help out and write the business plan for the football club, which I knew 
would probably be accepted by by the council but i had a massive dilemma because i write a lot of articles for the fanzine mm. um, we've, got okay. a, we've got a fanzine that's been going for over 30 years and it's called um dial m for murtha awesome. dial m for murder was a famous alfred hitchcock film okay um, and when the fanzine was born around about 1987 um they they hit upon the name of calling the fanzine dial m for murtha i like it and it's resonated with the, the fanzine fraternity in britain in great britain yeah. has, has been huge over the years at the time, it was a photocopied version of a, you know, a sort of a, a folded A4 yeah. um, booklet, which eventually um, became professionally printed because one of our one of our big supporters it works in a in a print company, he's a, sort of a manager in a, in a print company, awesome. um, and it's lately moved online. So it's it's sort of morphed from from being a sort of a, a fifty pence. Um, mm-hmm thing that you could buy on the streets the, the guys would sell them on the streets and the articles that i've written in the fanzine were critical of the club because mm. they hadn't put in place a capital reserve mm. to replace the pitch yeah um when we were sold the idea as as a fan i was sold the idea of, of going from a grass pitch to artificial pitch um we were I think oversold the amount of income that would it would generate. Mm. It does generate a good income, but not what not not we were originally informed about. Mm-hmm. So I've had a campaign to, to to try and kick the club's resources into gear yeah. to say, look, we're eventually going to have to replace that pitch. Mm-hmm. We need to have a capital reserve, and every article I've written regarding the financial uh, business plan and the, fina- the finances of the club I've always virtually ended it with we need to put something in place mm-hmm. to replace the 3G pitch so the dilemma I had when I became a board member it would be hypocritical yes if I criticized the club for the last <laughs> five years but about not putting the financial um, means in place to replace the, the 3G pitch if I didn't hold my hand up, <laughs> put my head above the parapet and say, right, I'm going to drive this forward. Mm. So I was between a rock and a hard place coming on the board and I realised that there was no enthusiasm on the board to, re- to, 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 mm-hmm. to look at this particular project as high priority. Mm. So basically, I, w- I lumbered with right in the business plan driving the um the finances for the 3g pitch yeah. and then being involved on the match day which is the last thing i wanted to do instead so, of watching the match yeah, right and then just yeah. having to worry not having to worry about anything mm-hmm. that, that would go wrong mm-hmm. um so basically when i was co-opted to the board originally yeah. um my main roles were business planning mm-hmm. to get the business plan in place that the council would accept mm-hmm. Um, and then to drive forward the um, the replacement of the three G playing surface, okay. because the three G was a main element of the community involvement mm-hmm. of the club. Mm-hmm. I then started driving the the community foundation, as we, as we are now called. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background about the club if I can and, and this is yeah that was next on my list so I, I think that would be a great place to go this is something that I put together for the council so I thought oh we may as well use this because it, it falls in line with, with sure. what, what you want what do you want to ask me about perfect and Rob is showing a, a PowerPoint now um, a yeah. little bit about the c- community club but um, and why it's at the heart of the community and I'll send this to Tom. I'll send this to Thomas. Great. So that um, you you got you got it as as a sort of a background information. Fantastic. Right. The the, cl- the club is constituted. I'll take you back to around about two thousand and three. Okay. Where the supporters were floating the idea of setting up a trust mm-hmm. to run alongside the, the football club, not part of the club. Yeah. But it would be a supporter-run trust. 
Okay. And, and the aim of that was to raise funds to support the club, but also one of the, um, the principal parts of the trust would have been if the club got into difficulty in the future mm-hmm. and there was no one coming forward to actually take on the, on the running of the club, yeah. the trust would be able to step in uh, and run the club. So the trust was set up in around about 2005 and it was, the trust was called Martyrs to the Cause. Because mm-hmm. we are obviously the martyrs. Merthyr Town is means martyrs. Yeah, yes. and it's called Martyrs to the Cause. Mm-hmm. Then, in two thousand and nine, um, the trust could see that the club was was in financial difficulties. The owner at the time was losing interest. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to pull out, but he wanted the trust to put all the money that had been generated into propping up the club. Yeah, and the trust said no. We're not prepared to do that. If you want to walk away, that's up to you. You walk away. Mm. But he the, 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 he wanted the, the club to, to, to meet some of the costs that he put in over the years, which was uh, sure. sort of fair enough. Um, so the, the club lent the owner money mm-hmm. rather than donated it to the club, mm-hmm. which wasn't repaid. And that debt allowed the trust to put the club into administration. Okay. So we were one of the only trusts in, in Great Britain that actually put its own club into administration. Huh. So in, in 2009, the club went into administration. What does that mean exactly? Um, well, it basically bankrupt, bankrupt okay. the club. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, it, the, 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 the club then um, had to bring in a, an administrator mm. to, to run the club for a 12 months alongside the trust got it okay um, and we weren't allowed to use the ground we had to find another ground to play on and then in 2010 um the 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 the, the trust took over the running of the club mm-hmm. um and we are constituted now as a community mutual mm. which is registered under the industrial and provident societies act okay um the the club is owned and run by the fans yes as a not-for-profit social enterprise and that's where the community links come in mm-hmm. um, we run on the principle of one member one vote mm-hmm. so you have to be a member to, to, to be involved in the running of the club yes. and you have to be a member to be voted onto the board of the club mm-hmm. but we have um, special general meetings and annual general meetings where the members will actually vote on motions to change the constitution of the way the club is run sure so there's no outside involvement there's no outside benefactors putting any money into the club mm-hmm. every pound that we spend we have to raise generate and earn ourselves mm-hmm. and that's how the how the club is run at the moment mm-hmm. so over the last 12 months during the lockdown we've been trying to raise funds to to, 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 re, to replace the 3G pitch. Yes. And by the end of May, we, we had a contract in place with a, with a 3G installer. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd we'd gen- raised all the money to replace the pitch. On the 1st of June, the, the work commenced, and it was completed by the 5th of July. Great. So um, five weeks, we had a, a new 3G pitch in place and it's all been paid for yeah. um, from the money that the club has raised and the money that the club has generated through through grant support. And it's it's beautiful as well, I have to say. Um, I really enjoyed yesterday having the chance to, to walk out on the pitch, and it reminded me of um, growing up playing on, on AstroTurf back home, and it also reminded my dad of all of the AstroTurf pebbles that ended up in our house somehow. So um, memories of home for I, sure and I, a gorgeous I'm pitch. Sure that, that scenario has been re- repeated over um, many, many households over yes. the years. So yeah, there we are. And uh, as part of the, um, the Community Foundation, the pitch is now generating income, mm-hmm. which I will ensure is set aside as a capital reserve to be replaced in six seven years time great so you know that, that's one of my mantras as far as the board is concerned we can't touch that money it has to be in place because we've been to the well mm-hmm. to generate grant income for this for a second time yeah and we're not going to get it for the third time yeah 
it's not going to happen. And that happened during COVID, right? It the did, second yes. time yes. was yes. Yes. match day was income was n n nil. N nil. No, and you had to go yeah. back to the government for more support. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, we we've met with the um, the assembly member. The Welsh the Welsh assembly mm -hmm. is an, um, a separate governmental body, separate from the UK government. We've got our own Senedd in okay. Cardiff. Yeah. Um, so we met with the local assembly member, um, and we met with the leader of the council and um, another um, council or member who is responsible for leisure in the area. Mm. And we've explained what our policy moving forward is likely to be regarding this, because the council put in um, a significant amount of money to replace the 3G pitch now to help us out. Yeah. Um, we, we wanted to make sure that we had a plan in place moving forward over the next five years to actually replace it. So. We'll be using, uh, this probably means very little to you, but we will be using the um, Section 106 ag agreement from a, from a planning perspective mm -hmm. and community infrastructure levy, which means that any any major contractors who are doing work locally, awesome. they have to put money back into community projects as, pa as part of the contract. You know, the council have given them a contract or the assembly have given them a contract to do a major, major work. Yep. Um, and then they will um, reinvest some of that money back in. Keep the, the money community. in the community. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So we've done a sensitivity analysis on, on what we're going to need to generate over the next sort of five or six years. And that will form part of that, um, that community um, in involvement as the contractors will, will, will put into the uh, raising the income. Awesome. So we've got th four major projects going on in the locality. It's the uh, dueling of the A465, which are the heads of the Valley project, which is a significant infrastructure uh -huh. um, project from a highways perspective, which would bring tourism into the area, basically. Okay. Um, there's a building just 100 yards away, which was the old YMCA building. That's a great mm. two-listed building. Um, and the contract had just been awarded to renovate that. Kavartha Heritage Site, which mm -hmm. is linked to the Iron Works and the, the Kavartha Castle Museum, where you yes. were in Dadwe yesterday. Yes. And then there's um, a ski a water park, which is in the planning stages at the moment, but is again another significant investment in the area, which we will be looking to um, pull in some of the community monies that they will have available. Awesome. So moving on to um, some of the other community issues we've got, um, we I showed you the um, the work that we did with the um, solar panels yesterday. Yes. Um, and at the start of lockdown, it was an opportunity that we had to reset the club mm -hmm. and to look at the way we were we were doing things. And one of the projects that I picked up was the the installation of solar panels. Yeah. I worked with the, the local authorities, estates department yes. to amend the club's lease of the ground to allow us to put the solar panels on the roof of the grandstand. Right. And that took around about 11 months to actually complete because they had to get a set of solicitors involved. We had to get mm -hmm. a solicitor of solicitors involved. Um, the Welsh Assembly would give money to the club to, to, to build, a, to, to re furbish the, um, the facilities, they had to get their solicitors involved and the Football Foundation had to get their solicitors involved. It's a lot of parties. So there were a number of fingers in the pie yes. um, which had um, information bouncing back and forth between everybody. I, it, in the end, it took about 11 months to get the, uh, the final lease approved before we could actually start any work. So the let's just hone in there for a, sure, a second. Sure. So the original lease didn't allow us allow you to, to build to put to put the the solar panels on the roof on the roof. Okay, no, and yet. so this this process was to to adapt the lease agreement to be able to allow that construction project. Um, and I, I had the chance to see the solar panels yesterday. They're beautiful, and there's also a video that I'll post along with this interview that shows two or three minutes of um, how that actually happened and the construction of how they were actually implemented. Um, 
but that seems like a fantastic start to the initiative as well and part of a larger strategy too yeah so. it is we um when we refurbished the building we had um passive infrared sensors uh -huh. installed in all the rooms so that um it detects whether there's a, a lack of movement right and if there's no movement the lights automatically go off mm -hmm. so that was the first phase of the the green energy program um having taken 11 months to amend the lease the actual installation of the solar panels took about three weeks wow wow yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it was uh, that that um, that short and since um march we've been generating solar energy which during the day we use so we're not um draining the, the national grid mm -hmm. um we are reducing our carbon footprint yes and um decreasing our energy consumption costs because we are able to get the, um, the the green energy from the solar panels at a significantly reduced rate right. because um, they're using our the roof of our grandstand to to, to um, house the the panels right and then, so the partner sorry to interrupt no problem, no problem um, and so the the you also partnered with another social enterprise to construct these um, and I'm looking for the EGNI. Egnico. 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 Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about them? And I know you also um, introduced me to Dan over there, so I hope to speak with him as well. But can you tell us a little bit about how that partnership worked? And because I, I, I love the, the, the component of two social enterprises working together in the community. I think that's that's really important in terms of the framework. And that's that's where the connection came from. Basically, yeah. um, they were based in Swansea. Um, they've been doing a significant amount of work mm -hmm. on um, reducing everybody's well, not reducing everybody's carbon footprint, but looking at um, sustainable environments. Yes, um, they've worked with a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. They've worked with a lot of community hall, community associations, local small communities. Um, where they are able to put in put in place the project with the solar panels and the connection to the the national grid. Yeah. Uh, and then they they up play the upfront capital costs. Mm. Um, and that's the, huge. The feed in tariff. Right. That the solar energy generates, mm -hmm. they then use that to re to um, reduce the capital investment that they've made. So they recover their costs through the feed-in tariff. Got it. But we get uh, the benefits of having reduced energy. Um, energy costs. So it's it's a win-win situation for them and for us, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it just came out of the blue. Um, Dan McCullum, who is the um, the driving force behind Agni Co-op, he felt that it would be good PR for them. And good yeah. PR for us. Yeah. If the two social enterprises got together, mm -hmm. we had a series of meetings. Um, he put his um, proposals in writing, and we said, "Yeah, let's go with it." You know, it's um, it's it ticks every box basically. Yeah. Um, because as a community mutual working in the heart of the community, we are demonstrating to everybody in the community look we can we can do this we can reduce our carbon footprint we can generate green green energy and so can you you know if if you, you really want to do small things hmm. just like you know switching the kettle off before it boils or unplugging the television um you know um, walking rather than taking the car hmm. you don't have to put solar panels on the roof to be reducing your carbon footprint and to be reducing your energy consumption so we hope that we're going to try and set an example to people in the community by the projects that we've taken on Fantastic. And the next phase of our green energy program will be to replace our existing hid floodlights with led lights that will allow us to to have more control over the the lux valley we can turn it mm -hmm. up or turn it down to whatever we want to mm -hmm. uh, at the moment even though we only hire half the pitch out for use we have to put the all the floodlights on right 
um, with the LED lights, we'll only be able to, we will be able to use um, floodlit half the pitch rather than the whole pitch. So right. again, it's um, it's you know, saving us consumption costs yeah. and it's reducing our carbon footprint. And I'm sure there'll be other things that we'll be looking car even probably car charging points in the car park. Right. Um, you know, um, probably a small wind turbine somewhere in the ground Fantastic. that we, we can do in the future. As, as I've seen a few turbines around yeah, Merthyr. As, yeah. As other phases of the green energy program. Fantastic. Um, and you know we'll want to bring in um, partners mm. to, to 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 show us how we can e save even even more energy. You know expertise to provide us with information about you know just regulating the thermostats perhaps or um, putting a, a, um, a regulator on the radiators. You know it, it, there's loads of different small little things that we can do as part of an overall uh, program that. And we think it just ticks all the boxes with, with climate mm -hmm. change so important um, on, on everybody's agenda. Um, I'm sure that we would be able to demonstrate to uh, the, the local council, the, the Welsh Assembly and local contractors, look, this is what we can achieve mm -hmm. if we work together. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I, I think that's a, it's a phenomenal example that can be set for small communities to take very specific, small action. Um, and maybe some of the bigger clubs can look at that as well and, and yeah, see, work, work see your together. example and work together. Because yeah. I, I think that's another phenomenal part that we were talking about yesterday is, you know, football is such a amazing key into the community. And what if that can unlock partnerships between community members and through the lens of sustainability, right? Um, and maybe, you know, I know we talked about Forest Green Rovers um, who are doing some, some great sustainability work as well. Um, but maybe that sets an example for other football clubs as well to be leading that charge in their communities. Absolutely. Um, the, his, the background of Forest Green Rovers is um, the, the, the owner and chairman is a gentleman called Dale Vance. Who owns a company called Ecotricity? Mm -hmm. He's um, a bit of a, a new age hippie <laughs> um, who yes. travelled around the country in, in a camper van and hit upon the idea of um, rigging a turbine on the top of the camper van to, to generate his own, oh, wow. own, own power in, in the van itself. Yeah. And he thought, oh, okay, I'll take this a little bit further. Um, and he's now he now owns his own green energy company, mm -hmm. um, which supplies electricity, ge generates clean energy, mm -hmm. and he supplies electricity to to consumers in the West Country. Yeah. Um, the football club. He obviously he's introduced his principles to the football club, um, uh, and and they are totally green football club they even called forest green rovers but that they were called forest green rovers before, before he came to get involved um and Great. they they do all sorts of things and they've been now been recognized as the greenest football club in the uk is that right it is yeah yeah i think they've been recognized by um either the eu or the um or some other body mm -hmm. um involved in in energy conservation fantastic awesome well, I, um, it's an amazing initiative, and it seems to be uh, a leader in terms of what's being done across the UK as well, well. We have, what you have here we going hope, on we, at Merthyr. We, we hope we're the greenest club in Wales. I like that. We're I like the greenest that. club in Wales. And um, Forest Green is uh, southwest England, so it's yeah, it's, it's saying in close sort of to the border. Gloucestershire, it Gloucestershire. is. So it's on, on, the, on the borders of Wales, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll have to pay a visit to, <laughs> to Dale as well. Um, but I, I love this and taking a quick step back and thinking about Merthyr, I think is one of the reasons why we're here is because our family is from Merthyr Tidville and, um, we came here to do some family history research. And the amazing thing is that our family home we found is two blocks away, right? And, um, being able to stop by there and see where our family lived, come here, see the community innovation that you are driving um it's amazing but it's 
the town has been through some tough times. Yes, and especially has. during COVID. Um, you know, we walked down High Street yesterday and it's bustling and moving, but a lot of stores are closed. Um, you know, I think a lot of smaller communities can probably identify with that, especially over the last couple of years. Um, and I, I think for, for the UK listeners, they might understand the role of a football club a little bit better in that scenario. But for the listeners in the States, that's never really something that we've been taught that a club in a city or a town can, can be a leader and push initiatives that are sustainable or helping the community. So I'm curious in your, in your world, in your mind, the role of a club, of an FC in a community like Merthyr. Okay. Um, I, I think that's an important thing for, for people to realize in, in, this, in this context as okay, well. We, we, we take it um, <laughs> forward to the, the next stage. And the the community foundation yeah. is is sort of part of the football club, yeah. some major part of the football club, but we're currently seeking charitable status for the community foundation. Mm -hmm. So it'll may it'll it'll eventually be an arm's length part of the football club because the 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 charitable status won't be the umbrella of the whole football club. Mm -hmm. Charitable status will only apply to the community foundation element of the club. Okay. All right. And we're a community hub at the heart of the community. Yeah. So You're right in the center. Heart of the community. Yes. And we work with the future generations, mm -hmm. the current generations, mm. the older generations, and everybody in between. Mm -hmm. So that means that we, we, we're looking at young children who come through the turnstiles there's a camp here this week the yep. school is out and they're here training absolutely yeah young children come through the turnstile for the very first time mm -hmm. the jaw drops when they they walk through the tunnel to the to the grandstand yeah and they can see the the the, the, the whole expanse of the ground before them mm -hmm. that hooks them mm. to what the club can be mm they can hear conversations as they walk around the ground between older supporters um, who talk about relatives and family and where their background is and what they're doing that probably weekend and why they walk watching the football and that's what holds people's attention mm. they see then this as a, possibly a second home mm. as part of a community within a community yes and that's that's what just draws you in and that's what draws you know people like me into the club to be part of the football club so yeah we, we're looking at the community foundation being a driver of projects for mm. all spheres of generation within within the community amazing um, because we're really accessible to whole of the community we within this as you say in the centre of the community, um, it's really, really easy to get to. this you know plenty of parking here, uh, and 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 we encourage the community to use the facilities. But our principal aim of the community foundation is to make sure that people are pursuing a heck a healthy and active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, people who may have experienced ill health, people who may be overweight. Mm. people who may be suffering from depression especially after covid yeah. where they haven't they've been stuck in for 12 months yeah they haven't been able to see any friends or relatives perhaps just by a telephone call or, or a sort of very brief meeting and it has had significant effect on on mental illness mm. um, so we are looking to open people's eyes to what can be achieved through being a physical active person who will then improve their their own physical health mm -hmm. which will help the national health service because they won't be relying on the gps and yeah. hospitals because they 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 they're, they're more active mm -hmm. so the principle of the community foundation is to provide people with an active and healthy lifestyle yeah and we do that 
through a range of partnerships. Mm -hmm. The community foundation goes out into the community and we have partnerships with a local special education needs school. Great. Where our coaches will go into the school uh, uh, and do some coaching sessions. We'll also bring the children who, some of them have um, disability, but they're not physical disability. They're able to, to, to be active. Mm -hmm. We'll also bring the school children up to the ground. They'll see this as Wembley Stadium or the yes. Millennium Stadium. They'll, <laughs> they, they see it as a fantastic surrounding. And you know, are we really able to come here? Are we really able to be part of this club? Yes, we welcome mm -hmm. them with open arms. Amazing. We also work with homeless people who have experienced homelessness in the last three or four years through um, a project that we got called Street Football, um, where they have weekly five-a-side sessions on the, on the pitch, and then um, they would play against other street football organizations in Cardiff, Newport, Swansea, Bridgend, Great. Um, and they, they, we've even had one one of the guys play for play for Wales Street Football recently oh, up in cool. Scotland. Nice. So you know we we work in with people who have been um, marginalised on the fringes of society hmm. and been made homeless within the last few years. They may have had um, an alcohol problem, um, a substance abuse problem, hmm. dependency on that we can demonstrate to them that you can come and have a fit and active healthy lifestyle and leave that leave that sort of background behind wow. we also work with military veterans so this although this group has been extremely difficult to engage with where we will provide walk a walk in football session mm -hmm. for people who have perhaps suffered uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome yeah by work by being in sort of um, northern ireland or the middle east or any any conflicts um and they come out of the military um perhaps retired through you know a, a disability and we will then encourage them back into a walking football environment where they'll be will be active again they'll meet other military veterans and they'll they'll, they'll then just strike up a, a friendship with people that they might have got a, a military background with but they might never have met otherwise apart from through that mm. the community foundation will work with um, care homes on dementia projects where i remember you mentioning this at the match on the weekend yeah, yes where where we will bring people in who have got probably early onset of alzheimer's disease where their short-term memory is really poor mm. but their long-term memory is quite good mm. we provide um, an overhead of old Merthyr which they will reminisce about mm. um, which they will recognize and they will spark a, me a mem memory deep within them that, that they have mm. uh, but they might not remember what they did the day before yesterday right or where they've been the, the last week um, the carers will come in with them and we'll put a bit of some food on for them um, and they'll then share their experiences with, with other dementia sufferers and mm -hmm. the carers will share their experience with other carers Fantastic. and families. Yeah. We work with schools. We go into schools locally and provide after-school clubs awesome. where pe parents, instead of picking them up, or grandparents in my case, will yeah. pick the grandchildren up at 330 we would provide coaches which will organize football um, until 4 30 mm. so it gives one of the other parents an opportunity to work a little bit extra mm -hmm. and it encourages the children to take part in a team environment mm. it encourages the children to be active which mm -hmm. they, they might not otherwise otherwise do but it also opens a door to the football club because yes. we will provide complimentary tickets to everybody that participate in in the after school club to come, to come to a match parent they have to be accompanied by a parent but the parent the parent will be given a reduced entry fee that then could encourage them to come back in the future mm -hmm. so it's a two-way street and maybe they join the academy and Absolutely. the youth club <laughs> and maybe they be become a member and an owner in, right. in the future right so it's about in 
encouraging the the future generations mm. to be part and parcel of the football club and you know when when our coaches are there with a branded kit on um, and then they can see the, the, the club playing in the same branded kit I want that kit for Christmas mum or dad or a birthday mm. present mum or dad so we are moving more merchandise mm-hmm. they are playing in that kit in the schoolyard mm-hmm. other children see them in that in that kit and they want it so it's, it's a it's, yeah. a it's a knock-on effect you know through all walks of life and the community girls football is i think it's probably what's been bigger in in the states than it has in in mm-hmm. this country um big girls football is a big growth area that that we only now are tapping into mm. um the in the the euros the, and, the, and the the women's world cup has got a, a a television audience a worldwide television audience which has increased the profile of women's football mm. um young more young more younger girls are now wanting to take part in football and when we do the after school clubs it's not just for boys it's for girls as well great so we'll have a, a soccer camp for girls here we've got an under 19s girls development team great. we've got a women's team and the girls then will automatically step up as they get older uh, and more experience in, into the women's team so it's not just about boys it's about girls as well yeah it's not just about the younger generation we've do got walking football sessions for over 50s there's people 60 70 and even 80 come in twice a week to the ground to play to play walking football um, this is again encourage people who have perhaps got a, a sedentary lifestyle to become active and to become healthy again and to improve their their their, their, their health condition um, this was one of our first act community activities that was started over 10 years ago and this is an activity that that has grown over the 10 years we got far more people playing walking football now than we had 10 years ago that sounds like fun i it's, might need to start doing that it's, soon it's my, a, my knees hurting this week so it's it's, <laughs> it's a really and it is really competitive i'm sure it's really because a lot of these people have played football at a younger age and they were they're winners uh-huh. and they, they want to win they're so and, competitive and we play in regional comp- competitions um, we've won many um, over 60s and over 70s competitions locally and regionally wow. so this 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 is a, a real growth area for the community foundation great we've got an advanced development center um, for boys over 11 now between 11 and 15 um, and the development center that we had with the local professional club um, has now just come to an end so we'll be expanding on that and we'll have um, the, the academy next year will be a lot bigger mm. so um, we're only not only going from children of mixed ability but we are coaching children of um, elite ability as well great the government introduced when um, covid kicked in um, they introduced a kickstart scheme where lots of people lost employment because the hospitality sector closed down a lot of other areas just shut down overnight um, people were laid off so um, they are encouraging organizations to take on under 25s who have um, signed on for universal credit mm. so we're using the kickstart scheme to employ a community development worker oh, great. over um, a six-month period and then hopefully if that um, project is successful we will extend that contract for perhaps you know another another year another two years who knows but um we've got someone who's dedicated now previously i was doing all of the work on the community foundations mm. side but we've now now got a, a dedicated employee well done working for working for the club yes uh, and basically that's where we where we are with the, uh, the community foundation element so fantastic again, all of those projects are taking place you know on a daily weekly monthly basis within various elements of the community within the football club within within the schools within within other organizations as well awesome i definitely if you're open to it i would love a copy that's of this powerpoint problem. and i would love to share it around because i i think it, it is a, a fantastic blueprint whether you're a small club or a big club everyone needs to be thinking about this um 
Awesome. Well, I think for me, one of the interesting parts in you know my own research and thinking about my family and you know in the 1800s this town was built on coal and steel and um, one of the industrial hubs of production in the entire world right and um, you can sort of see different parts of it around the city and um, I'm curious you know in your mind um, and this will be I think I've overstayed my welcome so this will be the last question but vision for the future um, and I, I'm curious from the club's perspective and where you see the club going, um, but for the community as well and how sustainability plays into that. I, I know you mentioned a few other things with the car park, and but uh, give us a sense of where you see um, things evolving and um, wh what does your crystal ball say? That's a really difficult uh, <laughs> thing to do, to be honest, uh, Thomas. But when when the the trust was set up yeah um they they had we had a brainstorming session and one of the things that we didn't want to fall back into was the boom and bust scenario mm -hmm. where we'd have a boom period for four or five years um and things would go downhill and then we'd have a, a longer period where the, the club would be virtually bust mm -hmm. So we came up, the, the, the guys on the trust came up with a slogan, mm -hmm. um, which, we, which underpins everything that we do. Progress through stability. Awesome. So we want the club to be stable and stabilized before we look to progress to the next level. Mm. And being able to reset the club over the last 12 months has given us the opportunity to look at a five-year strategy for the club um, and how that fits in with the community. We want we want the club to be financially stable. Yeah, sustainable. S sustainable, mm -hmm. sustainable. Um, we, we want the, the club eventually to be debt-free. Mm-hmm. We, we want the, the club to be engaging more with the with the local community mm -hmm. um, in, in every possible way because it you know it, it feeds both ways we can do things for the community and the community can do things for the football club sure um, uh, and we, you know we want to work with the future generation not just of the club but of the whole community mm -hmm. um, and, and we want them to be aware that the club is here the club is here to support them and they they can be part of, of the club amazing well thank you so much for your time rob no and problem. you all are doing incredible work and i'm excited to become a member very soon absolutely and i will make my way back here for a home match as soon as i that can would be absolutely awesome <laughs> fantastic well thanks again for your time and um yeah we'll see you soon